You're listening to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, and this is Being a Fan. Here's your host, Andy Burroughs. Welcome, everybody, to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, and this is this week's Being a Fan. And our fan this week is Planet Rock's radio DJ, Mr. Darren Reddit. Darren, how are you, sir? Welcome to the DC Tweet Team Podcast, and welcome to your being a fan. Well, thanks for having me. This is exciting. I don't think I've, A, ever really been interviewed, and B, certainly not been interviewed uh, about my football team. So this is going to be new for me. I'm truly honored to be one of the ones that gets to interview then, Darren. And uh, yeah, we get to talk about your love for the uh, Washington uh, football team, my friend. So let's jump straight into it, as we always do on this uh, show at the beginning, Darren. How did you uh, get into the NFL and why the Washington football team? Well, that's an easy answer, actually. I grew up in the suburbs of Washington, D.C., first of all, in Columbia, Maryland, which is about probably about an hour outside in, you know, suburbs. And then we moved to Northern Virginia, which again was about an hour outside. And of course, you know, Washington is is a very the well, the Redskins rule, don't they? Uh, you know, it doesn't yes. matter, doesn't matter what their winning record is like. Uh, it's you know, everything falls beneath that. The Capitals, the Bullets, or the Wizards, as they're called now, that was all secondary. The Redskins were everything. So my dad. It took me to see my first game was 1980. I want to think, say 81, I think. Uh, and it was against the Eagles and we lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I went to the uh, Eagles game my, my first game at FedEx, Darren, and we lost. <laughs> so, um, yeah, 1981, Darren, I don't want you to feel old or anything now, my friend, but I was one years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't want to make you feel uh, young, but I was at RFK. <laughs> uh, Darren, I ask everyone that comes on being a fan, what was it uh, like watching games at RFK growing up? I, uh, I've interviewed so many people that have told me they've all had a different RFK story. What are your earliest memories of that great stadium? I wish I had some really to tell you, but in 1981, I was... 13 just on the just on the cusp of manhood but really still <laughs> too dopey to really understand what was going on it was all a bit overwhelming i don't have anything particularly to tell you i think i do recall having pretty good seats uh, we were down close to i think we were near one of the end zones actually but we were close i wasn't up in the uh, nosebleeds but of course i know all the stories about the um the upper mezzanine bouncing and all of that and i've seen the videos of that and uh, that just actually scares me i wouldn't want to be up there while something that big <laughs> was bouncing like that but uh yeah because you know i don't have a lot of rfk memories unfortunately i wish i did but i i do remember uh that eagles game how uh prominent then were the uh redskins back in in your in your uh, you're growing up you mentioned your family what, what was it like come game days when you were when you were growing up what's your earliest memories of sitting down with your family or friends watching watching the then redskins now washington football team well the way that <laughs> football was always on every sunday and to be honest up until the age of 13 i wasn't really that interested i come from my family was not a sports oriented family at all but we were a washington family so come sundays 
the, the game was always on in the afternoon, but that doesn't mean that we were, we had gathered around, uh, to watch it. It was just sort of there. It was omnipresent. And, uh, you know, so that's, that's sort of, that's how it's in my blood. Cause it was just always on, you know, and I do remember, Oh, I'll tell you what was, it's interesting. You say, how did, how did it relate to my family and all that? Well, mm-hmm. in Washington, my mom, uh, was a ballet teacher. And we actually had several Redskins over the years bring their daughters. They would, they, their daughters would take ballet lessons at my mom's ballet school. So we, oh, wow. we have, I have met a few of them over the years, uh, right up until most recent was, um, can't remember his name. He was called the Red Snapper. It wasn't too long ago. This would have been in around 2004, 2005. Uh, he was the long snapper and he was called the Red Snapper because he had red hair and his daughter um, used to take uh, lessons at my parents' school, and uh, he came in a few, a number of times, and he was massive, <laughs> <laughs> as they all are. Yeah, but a lot of them. I came from a place uh, called Reston, Virginia. Uh, that's where we moved when we moved to Virginia, and it and Reston is, um, it's, <laughs> I guess it's a bit like Stevenage. Actually, it, <laughs> it was a it was a town that was designed back in the fifties, and. Uh, everything was laid out in advance, which was quite radical at the time, but it was very, um, I'm going to say upper middle class. It was very suburban, but it was very nice. It was planned to be a very livable place. So, you know, the Redskins, who I imagine, I, I don't know when when all of the rules changed, but they, they always were paid relatively well, I guess. You know, they weren't on the millions that they are now back in the, you know, late 70s, early 80s, but you know, anyway, there were a lot of Redskins around. They, you you would run into them at the grocery store and stuff like that, and they were always they were always lovely. Oh wow! I what the Red Snapper wasn't it? Ethan Albright. Ethan Albright. There you go. Yes, it was. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember his. That's his, right. His daughter took uh, took lessons at my mom's ballet school. Very cool. Very cool. Um, who were your uh, who were your favorite players uh, growing up, Darren? Who were they like? I ask everyone. Who were the jerseys that you had to have? What were your earliest memories of like seeing your favorite play- players live, whether it be at FedEx, RFK? What was uh, what was your earliest memories of uh, of them? Well, it was all the Super Bowls. You know, I am of that generation where I was around for the Super Bowls. I was I was I was invested in it, uh, and I remember first of all watching. Um, I get the numbers all mixed up, but the the Doug Williams Super Bowl. I was in in New York City watching that, uh, and it was just it was just great to be in a bar watching that. But my favorite Redskins, Doug Williams, is definitely in there. But I got to start with John Riggins, of course, the Diesel. Oh yes, uh, you know he he is just I still love him. He makes me smile every time I think of him. He's kind of like the Ted Nugent of football. Uh, that's not to say I'm a fan of Ted Nugent particularly, but, but, you know, John Riggins was just insanely manly. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody could stop the diesel. You know, you know, what's the story about he, it wasn't him. It was actually someone on the line, but they kept calling the same play for John Riggins to just run it. And the uh, lineman would say to the opposite team, I can't remember if it was Dallas or not. They'd say, we're running the same thing right at you. Stop us. <laughs> you know, you couldn't, you couldn't do that with many people, other people that um, I love. Well, I love that era with Clinton Portis and uh, Sean Taylor. Uh, Sean Taylor wow. just makes, I, I feel so sad every time I think of him. Uh, he's it's yeah. either of those two. If I was going to get a Jersey at this point in the game, 
uh, I would, it would either be a Riggins or a Sean Taylor, uh, just because they're just, they're just the best, those guys. Yeah, Sean Taylor, he's my, he's my, like I said, a lot of people when I started supporting in the year 2000, and yeah, Sean Taylor is my favourite ever uh, Redskin player, and yeah, obviously it was such a, such a tragedy what, um, what happened, what happened to him, but uh, Darren, if you could um, relive any day of your Washington football team fandom, what day would that be and why? Well, it's got to be that day. I was in New York watching the Redskins win. <laughs> sitting, sitting in the bar. Yeah, win the Super Bowl. I mean, the, obviously the problem with watching the Super Bowl here in the UK is it's on really, really late. And I'll be honest, I am not that kind of fan who will watch the Super Bowl every year. Now, if the Washington football mm-hmm. team are in the Super Bowl, hell yes. But uh, yep. but otherwise, it's uh, I'll just catch up on the uh, details in the morning on the, uh, you know, the uh, highlights and all. Yeah, you're the same as me. To be honest, Darren, I've, I've said this to uh, many people. I don't always watch the Super Bowl. I mean, once once Washington are done, and let's be honest, in recent years it's usually <laughs> been at the end of December or the beginning of January. I don't tend to watch a lot of football. I find I, I might flit into the odd game. Where it might be on in the background, but as soon as the Washington are done, I yeah, I'm probably like you. I probably won't sit there and watch an an entire game of football. No, well, yeah, actually, I remember I was watching the first game of the season this year. And uh, if you recall, we didn't start off particularly well. But, um, no. <laughs> I think I'm going to put my hand up and say, I turned it off at, at, at halftime. <laughs> but of course, we came back to win. And then I was like, all right, I'm not doing that again. Maybe there's something happening here. Yeah, that was the, it seems to be the story, doesn't it? At the minute this season, we're, uh, we, we definitely seem to be a, a second uh, second half team, don't we? It's, uh, it's just, I don't know what it is about us. We just seem to, uh, we seem to, we seem to do it. But um, moving on, Darren, I mean, how, how did you transition? Obviously, you said, like you like said to us, that you're over here in the UK now. How did that all come about and how has that affected your fandom, keeping in touch with the team? Obviously, people ask me all the time, oh, Andy, you know, you run, you do a podcast, you're constantly doing stuff about the Washington football team. How hard is it over there in the UK? And you mentioned it there. I have late nights. Sometimes I'm up till two, three in the morning doing stuff. How have you, how did you end up in the UK then? And how have you fan, found transitioning being a fan over here now? Well, uh, we came over mainly, well, my, my whole, my wife's English. She, so, you know, we just, let's see now, how, where do we start with this? I came over in 1991 <laughs> to get married uh, to my English okay. wife. And um, so that's the, that's the simple thing to way of putting it um, at the time. Uh, again, I don't know if you know this, or I doubt your listeners would know this, but I used to be a professional ballet dancer um, and I came over uh, to get married and to start working with English National Ballet. Uh, so I, I worked with them early on. Now, as far as the the funny thing about moving over here, and I think you'll find that this works, they say that there's none so English as an Englishman abroad. That <laughs> works the other way as well. And when I moved over here, I really found that there were only a few things that I wanted to hold on to from my American life. Um, but I really wanted to hold on to them tight. So I became a way bigger fan when I moved over here than when I was in the United States. You know, I, 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 that might be because when you're in the United States, it's just part of the, the, the fiber of your being. It's just there. Yeah. Everyday culture here. You have to kind of own it a little bit more. Otherwise you're just not involved in it so much. So, you know, I found when I moved over here, 
uh, and started actually when my family started getting older, my my kids, that is, because they got into it as well. So then it was just like, OK, then it started becoming a little bit more of a, a traditional football household. You know, my daughter, uh, who's now 26, uh, she knows probably more uh, about the Redskins and the Washington football team than I do at this point, And she's as into it. So Will will always she's in she's here with me in lockdown. So she's been here the, for the whole season. So we'll watch the games together. And, um, you know, as far as living in the UK and watching the games, well, let's be honest, the Redskins haven't been that great. So most of the time they're on the one o'clock game, which works with my schedule. <laughs> it does. It does. I, I spoke to a uh, hog farmer, uh, Joe, today. He mentioned his daughter. How has that been uh, passing on all your knowledge to your daughter? And is it uh, like Joe said, it was a it was a, a sense of pride seeing his daughter carry on his fandom. Is that work the same way for you as well, Darren? That like you, it's good that seeing that, you know, you're passing it on to your daughter and hopefully she'll, you know, she'll pass it on to her kids and so on and so on. It is. I'd never really thought of it that way. I just was pleased that I had somebody to watch the game with, you know, and, um, you know, she started watching um, back around the uh, the Clinton Portis Sean Taylor era, uh, when Gibbs Gibbs too. Um, and I still yeah. remember that first, uh, that first play, uh, Clinton Portis versus Tampa Bay, <laughs> which was insane, man. Do you remember it? Oh, I do. It was, uh, Clinton Portis is one of my all time favorite players. He was, uh, he was, unbelievable. yeah, yeah. So he, uh, you know, he just took it to the house, right? First play from scrimmage, I think. First play yeah, of the game. It, was, it was amazing anyway, but she started watching around then and, you know, we'll have conversations about players. She'll bring up players that I'd long since forgotten about. She goes, oh, I wonder what they're doing now. She particularly liked um, Alfred Morris and she, she still has, oh, I think yeah. she, I don't still play. I know. Isn't he? He's with, the, he's with the enemy, isn't he? Yeah. He's with the other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, you know, we I still say, like yeah, him, but them. you know, I've got, I've got some issues <laughs> now. <laughs> so that must be so cool though just sitting there on a on a sunday with your daughter like you know knowing that she's such a big fan as well that must be such a such a cool feeling for you every like parent i speak to they're like they look at their kids and they're like that was me 15 to 20 years ago so i can i mean my daughter's only eight and she she might like poke her head around the door every sunday and be like daddy you're shouting at the tv <laughs> again uh, uh, uh washington losing i'm like no we're winning that's right you know it's uh it's been but that is uh that is so uh that is so cool um Darren, how do you think, uh, obviously, you've gone through the Super Bowl wins, you've gone through the very good times, you've gone through some of the bad times. Has it affected your fandom in any way? Um, yeah, actually. You know, I, 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 if I'm honest, I give up on the season a lot earlier if nothing interesting is happening. You know, if I'm not feeling like there's a spark or something like that, if we don't have a particularly... I don't know. We we've been we've been really weird with quarterbacks for so long, and I'm still I'm still well, kind of undecided about um, Alex Smith. He's obviously the best guy they have on the team at the moment, and his story is you know an amazing story. But I'm not sold on him, and I'm not sure if Dwayne Haskins is the answer. And I I feel like we need a, a you know a general manager. We need I don't I don't know what other people have said, but I. I'm getting, I'm quite frustrated with Dan Snyder. I, I don't understand how he can't get himself out of the way, you know, and it, mm -hmm. it's frustrating. And I do kind of lean into that, which is until he sells the team, we're going to struggle because he meddles in it. That's the feeling I have. I'd like to, I, I, 
you know, I'll always support the team, but I do find it frustrating. And that kind of does make sense. If he's telling, you know, the Shanahan's how to run their operation, come on, who knows more about, mm. uh, about football than, you know, the Shanahan's, you know, we lost all these great guys yeah. to, uh, this is more about management than anything. We all lost all these great coaches to, you know, the Rams and to the 49ers, uh, you know, very recently who we could have had. And these are good teams now, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you think now with Jason Wright though and Ron Rivera, I can't exactly see them getting pushed around. I mean, I don't know how involved Dan Snyder is at the moment. You know, we're fast forward into the, to the current season. It'd be good to get your views on that. I mean, I think Jason Wright, our podcast and the DC tweet team, we've been lucky to interact with him and he, he doesn't seem the guy, the kind of guy that will, he's not as much of a pushover as we say, as we say in previous regimes. So have you got, have you got more hope? Shall I say is probably the question I, I'm trying to get out. Is you've got I'm hope? in sort of a show me point of view right now. I, I don't, I really didn't know that much about Ron Rivera. And so I kind of sat back and said, all right, you know, prove yourself to me as a fan. And, and I'll be honest so far, I like the fact, which confused me at the beginning, at the beginning of the season, he actually said, don't expect too much early. And I thought that's a weird thing to say, but that actually at this point, where are we? What, what, what week are we 15 now? I th- yes. Three yeah, at this left. point in the season, I'm like going, that was actually some honesty, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, I kind of appreciate that. I don't know about, you know, personalities being pushed around or not, but I like the fact that we're a young team and my God, we've got some, uh, finally our, our defensive line is, is amazing all we just have i can see things being built so i am actually excited about this i don't expect to go to the super bowl this year but you know it it maybe it's not too far down the road if if we don't start losing pieces you know like like kerrigan and stuff like that we need to hold on to these guys you know or at least if we're going to replace them geez i hope they know how to draft because we've had some real stinkers Oh boy, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's going to be a big thing, I think, this off season. Darren is the is the draft, my friend. It's going to be it's going to be key. It's going to be key, and I'm hoping we don't go down. The, uh, from what I'm hearing, I've got a feeling Alex Smith will be here for one more season. I don't know what you think. Well, that would make sense. I mean, you know, he's he is getting it done. I'm hoping in the draft that uh, again, you know, I'm I'm far from an expert, and I'm not obsessive about these things. But what it looks like to me is we desperately need some offensive line help. Uh, that seems to be where we're really lacking. We have some great people back there. We've got McKissick. We've got, um, uh, uh, oh, who's the guy? We've now forgotten his name. Our, you know, our number one running back. No, Chase not, not Young. Chase Young. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. offense are you saying? Antonio, Antonio Gibson. Gibson, we've got him. McKissick's great, you know. Uh, but I feel like our quarterbacks, not they've gotten a little bit better, but our quarterbacks are being chased around in the backfield. Uh, uh, more than I'm comfortable with. You know, you watch some of the other teams who just, just quarterback just sits back there for ages and scans the field, you know. Ours are running for their lives most of the time. We don't, they don't have, our, our offensive <laughs> line needs to make holes and they're just not strong enough to overcome the best guys. We, we just, that's where, if it were me, you know, armchair quarterback, I'd say for the draft, offensive line, please. <laughs> Yeah, most definitely. I mean, Darren, just finishing up with you, my friend, it's been so good to hear some of your stories and of your Washington fandom. Obviously, you are a host on Planet Rock over here in the UK. Obviously, we don't use that. We haven't got the fight song anymore at the minute. So, Darren, my question to you is, if you could choose one song to 
blare out around FedEx Field and we score a touchdown, oh. what would that song be? <laughs> oh, God. You're in charge right. now, Darren. Um, oh, Def Leppard, undefeated. Yeah, oh, yes. Good choice. Good choice. Yeah. Good choice. I could uh, I could see that ba- I can see that drumming out around FedEx and everyone uh everyone Yeah, you and Joe that. Elliott. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I yeah, Darren, I can't talk. My favorite rock band is States. Okay. They're nice guys. I've met them several times. Yeah. They're really lovely, lovely people uh, and they put on a fun show and they've written some damn fine songs. Yeah, I have I can't even count how many times I've seen them. I've traveled all over Europe. But I digress, Darren. I digress. Um, Darren, the final question for me, I ask everyone, I kind of tailor it to the guests. So obviously you being a radio DJ, Darren, you can have three guests in your studio to talk to. Uh, talking can be about football, it can be about anything, alive or dead. Who are the three people that you would just love to sit down with and chew the fat over? Not necessarily football people. Can be anyone you like, my friend. Anyone you can just speak to them. You can talk to them about football. You can talk to them about. They can come into the studio. You can spend a day with them. Who would it be and why? Let's see. Well, I would like. Interestingly, two of the guys I think I would like to meet died this year. So uh, Neil Peart, the drummer from Rush, never met him. Met the other guys from Rush, but Neil Peart's the one that I never met, and I think it'd be interesting to find out for sure that we don't get along, because that's my suspicion. Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know what a drummer what a lyricist um eddie van halen i never met him i would have liked to um but let's see who else who's the third person see if you had asked me this if you had given me a heads up on this i could have come up with three better people <laughs> see that's why i never do it's always good to see what um, people come up with uh who would be the third person be anyone you like yeah I, do, I don't want it to be a sausage fest i'd like some some, yeah, some <laughs> no i'd like some <laughs> an interesting woman there but uh who <laughs> uh i've always said dan snyder's wife would be a great person to meet she probably would that'd be such an inch that woman does she she does so much i don't know much about she her but uh yeah i'd probably yeah, might as well go football. We'll make it a sausage fest. I bet, I bet, I bet John Riggins. You know his <laughs> his podcast is pretty funny and interesting and informative. He'd probably, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Let's let's throw John Riggins in there. He's alive. He's still kicking around. He's still got stories to tell. <laughs> I, you know, I can't have all the dead people in there, right? <laughs> yeah, we yeah we just have at least one person that's alive, Darren. But uh, it's been it's been brilliant, my friend. Uh, just a big shout out, my friend Ian Bacon is the guy that reached out to you on social media, contacted me. He said Andy Darren is such a a big Washington fan. Uh, I think he heard you mention them maybe a couple of times on your show. Uh, you got to speak about them live on air. So big thanks to uh, Ian Bacon. He said he's a he's a big fan of yours and to to pass that. Uh, on that's to very nice. Friend. Thank you, Ian. And you know, I think what what caught his ear was this was coming off. This was like last week when we beat the Steelers, which was just, I mean, let me just talk about that for a second. As you well know, uh, well, Washington on a Monday night, were terrible. Washington oh. in prime time, eight o'clock were terrible against, against oh. <laughs> uh, an 11 and O team at that point. We're generally, we're going to fall apart. Aren't we? It was just like everything yep. came together. Uh, in that moment. And I think was the week before that, was that Dallas? Dallas the week before. That's right. That was it on Thanksgiving, no less. We 
beat those yeah. people. <laughs> it was a good couple of weeks. It was like I could. Uh, so I went on the radio going, I don't know how I don't know how to um, to verbalize my excitement here because it's yeah. so foreign to me. <laughs> yeah. Do you get to speak much about Washington to any of your colleagues? Are there any NFL? Yeah. Fans yeah. Wyatt, up? who's on before me, he's an Oakland Raiders fan. So we will occasionally uh, talk on air together about generally it's how bad our teams are doing because, you know, that's sort of the way it goes, but it is exciting because uh, you know, uh, Oakland's been up and down as well, but uh yeah, yes. we're we're both sort of our you know West Coast East Coast. They're kind of the same team, aren't they? Yeah, most definitely. Well, I hope Darren that you can go in tomorrow and tell everyone that you've got to uh, come on the DC Tweet Team podcast and talk about your beloved Washington. Thanks football. very much, Andy. No problem, my friend. This has been the DC Tweet Team podcast. This has been this week's being a fan with my very special guest. Darren Reddick from Planet Rock UK. Darren, thank you so much, my friend, and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in to the DC Tweet Team podcast. Make sure you go like and subscribe. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. Till next time, everybody. Thanks for tuning in.